0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Sweep the League, the podcast. It's your boy, Mark AK Stats, and uh, me and Rock are helming the ship tonight. But best, best love to Rudy, the ravishing one who is on vacation right now. Enjoy that vacation, brother. Can't wait to have you back. Derek doing the basketball thing. Shamaya on the beat doing the music thing. But Rock, you and I, we've got this. What's up, man?
1: Nothing much, man. I'm excited to you know, get some WNBA talk, get educated on some stuff with our special guests. Um, it should be a fun night.
0: Absolutely, man. You heard it from The Rock. You heard it from Stats. But as you know, we've got a very special guest tonight. We are, we, we're blessed with royalty tonight. We have got the queen of hoop with us, Megan Price. And rather than us just kind of explaining what she's all about, let's let her do that. So, Megan, welcome to Sweep the League Podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, And I I wouldn't necessarily say I'm royalty. Um, One of my radio shows that I do kind of gave me that nickname, and it's the Queen of Hoop. Um, You can find me all over the place under that name. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, My Twitter is growing every single day. So I just reached 1,000 followers yesterday. um, And I've only been on there for like six months. So uh, that was kind of a, a little milestone for me. Um, I I talk women's basketball, but I talk all basketball. I also have another show on Thursdays called The Sip Off, um, and it's a play on the tip-off. We have drinks. We talk basketball, and it's me and two of my best friends, and um, we talk all basketball, high school, college, international, women's, men's, it doesn't matter, Um, and then we drink all along, the the whole hour or so, Um, (laughs) and then I also do a show on Wednesdays on 806 Sports, and you can find that on Facebook, but they are a local station here in Amarillo. Um, you can find me on 1330 a.m. at 930 in the morning every Wednesday. I do a Women's Wednesday special.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you, Megan. I, I couldn't have said it any better, like honestly. Oh,
2: I have one more. <laughs> I have another show, actually, too. Um, Ooh, okay, I have three go chick- ahead. Three Chicks in a Pod is on Tuesdays and we're a 30 minute show and we are the only all female cast on sideline sports. So it's mm. myself and two other ladies. And we usually we pick up a, a pretty serious topic for the first part of the show and then we end on a positive note. Um, but, uh, you know, the past month we've been talking about Title IX. We've been talking about the women's national soccer team. So anything that, you know, kind of ruffles some feathers in the, in the sports world, we're going to talk about it.
0: There you go. There you go. You heard it from Megan herself, but tonight we've got a tall task for us. We're going to talk about some WNBA and the contending teams in the top four. So Megan, this show is about you. This show is your floor. You can go ahead and bring us in. Uh, We got some notes like we've talked about on, on some of these teams, but uh, go ahead, go ahead and start wherever you'd like. Which, which is there a team that has stuck out the most to you out of these four? I mean, all of them are contenders, but is there one that has really just leapt out of the stat sheet for you?
2: Well, actually, um, the one and only team that's clinched so far clinched today, and that's the Chicago Sky. And they're really starting to look like they're going to be able to repeat, possibly as champions. Um, you know, like I said, they're the reigning defending champs at the moment. Um, seems like every time Candace Parker hits the floor, she's uh, just a walking double-double. It doesn't matter that it's year 14 and 15. Like, she's just still just putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, and then you have the Vanderquigs over there, which is Courtney Vanderson. and then Allie Quigley. Um, They're actually they're a married couple, but they play on the same team. They complement each other. Um, I I, what I love about Courtney Vandersloot is, you know, I got to quote Becky Hammond, who is, you know, y'all are San Antonio fans, correct? So uh, hopefully y'all love Becky as much as I do. Um, She said that there was nobody else. And, you know, she coaches men, women, doesn't matter. But she said that there was nobody like Courtney that has the same court vision as her. Like, it's just, she's an astronomical... Point guard. Um, she's very unselfish. She's not even leading the league in assists this year, which is kind of shocking. But I think that that is indicative to how good Chicago is. Like everybody's putting up pretty big. They're putting up, putting up numbers. Everybody's putting up numbers. Everybody's putting up double digit numbers. But they're not just having like extreme games. You're not counting on just Candace to put up thirty points. They're not just counting on um, Kalia Copper to put up twenty five points. Like everybody's putting up like fifteen to twenty points. And they're just working together as a team and to me that's that's pretty scary because when they went into the playoffs last season they were a 500 team this year they're the best team in the league they're 20 and six and like I said they clinched today they beat Seattle 78 to 74. Um, and I don't know if you guys have kept up with uh, Seattle at all this year. Um, two birds last year. Um, you got Brianna Stewart, who is in the MVP running. You have Jewel Lloyd, who is actually their court player. She's a part of the Notre Dame dynasty. And... <clears throat> They picked up Tina Charles from the Mercury midseason. So I thought that that was a huge pickup for them. Um, she's getting older in her career, later in her career. And I think what was going on with the Mercury because of what's going on with BG. Um, and then there's some coaching struggles over there in Phoenix as well. I think that she just didn't physically or mentally want to be the leader of the team anymore. Like I don't think she can physically do it anymore. And so she needed to go somewhere where she was more of a role player. So um, I I think, you know, going to Seattle was probably the right fit.
0: And real quick question regarding the Seattle storm. Um, So I, I did a little bit of research on this team. They're the number one defense in the WNBA. I mean, I usually defense plays a lot into any sport involved but I think this one I think this one stuck out the most did they make a leap from last season in that department or have they always been like a really good defense
2: I think that they've always been a good defense but the difference is Brianna Stewart um, and because she's the one that's averaging three steals a game so um, I mean which is just incredible um and she fit. She didn't finish out the last season. Like she missed the last three weeks of the season. Um, she entered her foot pretty seriously. She didn't make it to the playoffs. So I think that is a huge difference right there. When you're averaging three steals a game, like yeah, you're missed.
1: Yeah, and, and going going back to you know about the sky. You know, you, you mentioned that they're the favorite. Um, Vegas Vegas does have them as a second favorite behind the Aces. Um, even right. though you know you've been saying you know, how dominant they've been, uh, what would it mean if? The Aces actually you know pulled out the title in Becky's first year like has there any been anything like that that you've seen in your watching the WNBA has there been a coach like that and also I want to add you know if the Chicago was going to go back to back you know when was the last time a team went back to back and showed like a, a dominance that you just mentioned
2: um okay well To begin with, as far as the back-to-back wins, I think you have to go to the very inception of the league and talk about the Houston Comets. They had four back-to-back, and no no team has ever done that. Um, Houston Comets have not existed since 2009, and they're still tied for first on most championships. Um, Seattle has four. um, They have four. uh, Minnesota has four as well. So, um, you know, for a team that hasn't existed in – you know, 13 years and they're still tied for first. I think that's, that's the team you got to hold at a, in the hierarchy right there, as far as that. Um, now Seattle, I, I think that we've seen them be dominant before the way they finished the season last year, they were the, the number two seed, but Vegas, um, you know, when Becky started, like she had the best start in the history of the league. I, I can't remember within the first 15 games. So, um, I think when they brought her on, the mood was title or bust. So I don't know if it's necessarily surprising if they were to win or make it to the finals. Um, They already made it to the semis last season, and they needed that edge to push them over. And that's what Becky is. So I agree with what Vegas has as far as who, who should be favored. And I think it should be Vegas. But Chicago is looking so dominant. I think you can't ignore it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chicago's second most points in the WNBA, fifth best defense in the WNBA. So they're right up there in both departments. Um, Regarding Becky, though, with the Aces, what do you think has been the biggest contribution? Like, what, what do you think she's brought the most to the table in this in her reign compared to like last season's reign?
2: Oh, that's tough um, because their former coach is Bill Lambier, And, you know, as you know, he's just a, not only a legendary coach, but a legendary player. And I think he just brings a level of toughness. And so, when going forward, when they vetted Becky for this job, I think that's what they were looking for um, somebody that could be able to handle the squad, not in the same way that Bill does, but. They're, they're a tough squad. They're scrappy. They're very physical. Um, and even though they don't have Liz Cambage anymore, so, you know, their size has depleted some. You know, they have De'Erica Hamby and they have Asia Wilson. And despite not having a real true center, they're both eating in the lane. So um, I think that they were looking for somebody that could handle the attitudes um, that come along with those ladies and even come along with Bill Lambier. And so for Becky to have trained under pop I think you you know that that's somebody who can manage attitudes for sure and make it all about the team and I think that's the difference this year
1: yeah and to to continue on with some WNBA talk you know with the playoffs approaching and the season coming near to end you know who um Asia Wilson is a favorite for MVP you know Brianna Stewart's right there Who who do you feel like should be deservedly MVP
2: Oh, I love that you brought this up. I was just having this conversation um, with my significant other right before the show started. And while I, you know, maybe five games ago, I would have said, yeah, it's it's between Stewie's, between Asia. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a toss up between the two. And then Kelsey Plum kind of came up between the two. And right now she's leading the league in three-pointers. She just passed Becky Hammond for most threes for the franchise um, because Vegas is the former stars. So um, same same franchise. And, um, you know, I really feel like that You know, at one point she was also, she wasn't leading in points. She's second in points. So, um, you know, it's between a toss up between those three. And then when Kelsey won the all-star MVP um, and that's a whole different topic, you know, the trophy and all the dilemma with all that, but um, I, that performance that she had, like nobody's talking about, this is her first all-star appearance. And she put up 30 plus points. Like that's huge. So I think, um, I think Kelsey's in there
0: would you say Kelsey is like your pick if you had to make a pick
2: today? Yes, but... That's tough because, man, we're talking Asia and Stewie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough because they're all, they're averaging, um, like Stewie's averaging the most points, almost mm-hmm. 23 points a game. Um, Asia's uh, leading in boards. So it's kind of like your preference and type of player because their points are so close. Um, the difference is going to be assists and the difference is going to be rebounds. You're going to get more of a defensive player out of Asia. So if you have a preference for defensive players, you're probably going to lean towards Stewie or Asia so it's more preference but all three of those ladies are deserving so I would say Kelsey for me just because of the season that she's having like she's just been so exciting to watch
1: so I have to ask who was your favorite team and did you have a team growing up that you're just a fan of and then who's your favorite player overall I mean personally my favorite player is Sabrina I'm gonna mispronounce her name I knew I know Sue if I'm not if I'm not saying it right but I've watched her since Oregon and she's just a killer on the court, you know, dropping triple doubles left and right from her Oregon days. You know, I just love watching her play for the Liberty and, and I just want to, know who's your favorite player in your team that you just root for?
2: Um, okay. So I'll, I'll do Growing up, who my favorite was, and that's Cheryl Swoops, because, I mean, she's local. Um, I lived in Woolworth, which is right outside of Lubbock. And so I lived in the area when she won those uh, NCAA titles. And then, you know, whenever the Dream Team came about in 96, I was 11 years old, and I was playing basketball, and I was going to basketball camps every single summer. And, you know, at that time, it was it was hard to imagine what you could do beyond going and playing for the national team. And obviously I'm not talented enough to be on the court. still. but, um, you know, dreaming as a kid thinking like, you know, at that time there was no national uh, or there was no, no league and no professional league. And so, um, For me, it was Cheryl Swoops, but I got to say the greatest player of all time now is Diana Taurasi, in my opinion, but um, I'm now a Dallas fan because I do media for them and Alicia Gray is my favorite player on that team. She is not the best player on that team. They've got Enrique Umbawale, and she's amazing. She's from Notre Dame as well, but Alicia Gray is from South Carolina. She played for Dawn Staley, um, and she was a part of the three-on-three team that got gold medals this past summer. So um, I think she's incredibly scrappy. She's a very physical player, um, and she's, just, she's my favorite.
1: Got you. And, and you mentioned the name Don Staley. So um, Rudy wrote an article um, for Project Spurs. It was his first article. And you know how there's a whole rumors about Greg Popovich when he's going to retire, who's going to be his replacement. He mentioned Don Staley as a possible replacement. Could you see her make that possible jump from the W.A. to the NBA going from, you know, wait, not W.A., uh, from the college ranks to W to the NBA. Could you see her making that big of a jump? And do you think she would fit in right with the Spurs culture and system?
2: Um. You know, whenever, okay, so last year she actually interviewed, before she signed the contract, she signed a $22 million dollar extension with South Carolina. So, you know, currently she's not going anywhere, but I, I don't think Popovich is going anywhere for a few years either. So, um, I think we get probably three seasons, maybe four seasons left out of Popovich. That's just kind of my personal opinion on it. But, um, I would have loved to have seen Becky take it over, but she was ready to be a head coach right then. And so mm-hmm. I don't blame her for moving over to the W. Um, I think Dawn is definitely could be a part of that winning culture that San Antonio is about. And I would love to see that. She actually interviewed for a couple of NBA jobs last season when Becky was interviewing. I, I can't remember. It was either Portland or, or Orlando. And I think the Washington job yeah, as Becky, well. So yeah, <laughs> But, you know, I think that's a blessing in disguise, actually, that she didn't get those jobs, even though at the time I was really disappointed because she had been with us for at six seasons at the time, I felt like she was the most experienced she was a summer league champion like I felt like she was the one that was most deserving, but um. You know, I would rather see her go somewhere and be successful because if you're the first female coach to go, you know, if you're the first female to be a head coach in the NBA and then you take over a team like Orlando and y'all are losing constantly, they're going to, you're going to become a scapegoat and they're going to say, you know, obviously, well, maybe we shouldn't have crossed over and hired a female. Whereas if she goes to Vegas like she did and she's successful and it's a stepping stone and she ends up coming back to the NBA. Um, You know, I think it's, I think the process is better, but I would have loved to have seen Becky get a head coaching job, but also Portland's kind of a dumpster fire this past season too. So I'm kind of glad she didn't end up there, even though they have a couple of pieces I like, obviously I'm a Dame fan. Um, I'm a huge Anthony Simmons fan. So um, I love what, I love his development over the last two years. So
0: Yeah, uh, going going to sticking around actually with Becky here. So she had interviewed for the Milwaukee Bucks head coach job before they ended up going with Mike Budenholzer. Uh, Do you think she would have succeeded in that role because of just that that next level that team ended up taking?
2: Um, okay, so I'm not a Budenholzer fan, even though he is a part of the Popovich uh, coaching tree. Um, I just think that he does – I shock face, right? Um, I don't <laughs> – I'm just not the biggest Budenholzer fan. I don't think he adjusts very well. I think he has a game plan going into the game, and that's it, and they're going to stick to it. And the only time I ever seen him adjust was in the final. So, obviously, it, he did it when it mattered. They ended up winning. Um, I think that Becky – I think she could have had success, but I think part of the reason she had success in San Antonio is she knew those players. She knew Tony Parker really well. Like they knew each other from international play. Um, They knew her, they respected her and they bought into her being a part of their team. So I think it is dependent on whether that team would have been willing to buy into her system and buy into taking direction from a female. So if so, absolutely, because I feel like her skill level is
0: there yeah for sure for sure well i think we did a pretty solid job covering some wnba stuff is there are there any other topics any other uh stories that you want to touch on
1: i mean there's a lot going um, on with free agency uh
2: right Grind- um yeah. you said you said what
1: the Brittany grinder situation i kind of want i was going to ask you uh, you know what's your kind of you know thoughts on it i mean you know the whole situation itself you know I just want to hear how you feel about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me preface it with just kind of a little backstory with uh, what's going on. Cause I, I think some people read stuff online and they see stuff on Facebook and I don't think they have a really good overview of what's really happening. Um, and not to say that I'm an expert on it. The only thing I, the only thing any of us really know is what they're telling us. So, um, you know, nobody really knows unless you're in that country and you're a part of what's going on, but um, it's she pled guilty to, um, having a vape pen. Um, now she does have a prescription for it there in Arizona. Obviously it's legal there in Arizona. And, um, yep. the day before she actually tried to come home and before she got arrested, she had actually turned her notice into the team and said that she would not be playing this season. It would have been her seventh season with this team. Um, so I think that plays a factor into it. Two weeks later, they decided to invade Ukraine. Um, and they made a comment, Putin made a comment that um, the reason that they were doing that is because Ukraine openly supports a homosexual lifestyle. And um, obviously, Brittany, she's gay. Um, she is an African-American woman. Um, so she's in a place that hates her. And so I, you know, I'm not ready to just sit there and say she's all the way guilty, even with the guilty plea that she did. It was strategic; it's what she had to do in order for a prisoner exchange to happen. But I, I just have a kind of a gut feeling that because the way she pled, she said she was guilty without intent. So I think she had been traveling with this probably the entire time going back and forth between Russia and here that she was used to doing that. I mean, obviously she got in the country with it. Um, they didn't have a problem with her bringing it in. They had a problem with her trying to go home with it. And so <clears throat> I, I felt like that was very strategic. Also, um, this is the same government that murdered her team owner a couple of years ago. I don't know if y'all saw the 60 minute interview that Super did, but she talks about it in there. Like the, that government killed her team owner. So this is a a very stressful situation. I, I can't imagine what she's going through, but I saw an article earlier this week that Roy Jones Jr., former boxer, who has dual citizenship in Russia and America, Um, has actually reached out to his contacts there in Russia and so he'll be traveling there this week along with the New Mexican governor a former governor or congressman he's going to go there too he's also had some dealings with Russia and was successful and so hopefully they can expedite this prisoner exchange situation and get her home safely Um, she seems better I want to say, like, last week, what we saw her in court, she seems like she's in a little bit better mental health. She was smiling somewhat. She was holding up a picture of the ladies at the All-Star Game wearing her jersey. So instead of, like, you know, the first couple of times, the first arrest photos we've seen or her going to court, she looked like a deer in headlights. She looked terrified. So um, it doesn't necessarily... Maybe her her mental health is in the right place at this moment, but um, the average person there in Russia, if you get caught with a vape pen and you actually get in trouble for it, you're released after 15 days. Yes, you have up to 10 years. And I don't know if it's different because she's not a citizen there. So if they're able to charge her more because she's not a citizen there, maybe so. And that's why she's looking at up to 10 years. But if she would have fought it, the prisoner exchange was a no-go whatsoever. So she had to plead guilty in order to come home.
1: Oh, I, I didn't yeah. know all that in the back you know, I, like you said, you know, I kind of read it around and and, pre, and skimmed through the news that you see on ESPN. But I mean, I, I know she had pled guilty to it. I mean, I personally just think it's dumb what Russia's doing. I mean, you know, she's not didn't do anything relatively wrong. Like you said, it's 15 days. You know, she's she's just like any other human. It's not like she's special or anything. And it's like, come on, man, Like you just got to let it go. I mean, she's just, just wanting to go home. She wasn't causing any harm.
2: Right. And which, don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning taking drugs over to another country and you know oh, yeah. that that's breaking the law. But I will say that I think she was used to doing it. I think she's never been in trouble with it before. And as long as she was playing for their team, um, they were cool with it. But then she hands in her notice and they're like, oh, OK, you know, that's going to be a problem. And, oh, well, we're going to we're going to evade Ukraine. And we know that, you know, the United States is a big part of NATO, like they're the main The main factor of NATO, and they didn't want us to be involved. You know, they threatened us that if we got involved, that they were literally going to bomb us. So, you know, I I felt like that's probably a factor. And then this arms dealer that they want in exchange for her, he's like a hero over there. Um, (laughs) I mean, he's just his kill number has to be like three hundred plus. You know, like this guy's is an awful guy, and we have him, and they want him. So this is this is what they can do in order to get him. And while I. Like I said, I don't condone what she did, but I don't think I don't think she had that intent, you know. Like I, I think that it was just something that she was used to doing that she'd never been in trouble for. Um, it's something that she does for pain management. And <clears throat> and if you don't know um, Lauren Jackson, who is one of the founders of the WNBA, also, she actually and she's for playing for the Australian national League team, and she's like 42 now she was able to come back to playing professionally again because she's been using cannabis as pain management so you know it does have some positive effects for athletes or or people with pain so uh, i'm not i'm not against her using it you just you got to know where you're at and what you're doing and when you're across country lines like they can they can do what they want with you for sure Yeah, heavily
0: political for sure. With the just with just just what's going on right now in the world. So, yeah. Well, is uh, I know we're getting close to the end here, but is there one last thing you'd like to say, or like one last like quick story you want to touch on?
2: Um, I guess I wanted to ask you guys kind of what your thoughts are on KD, um, you know, he's requested a trade. But we've also seen the Commissioner come out and say Adam Silver say that he didn't he didn't really like how KD had requested a trade. Um, like where do you think he ends up? Um, who do you have to give up in order to for him to end up at that spot? He's listed Miami and Phoenix at the top of his trade list. Um, obviously Golden State was still mentioned. Um, you know, I, my personal opinion, I think he fits the best with Golden State again. But then that means that they would have to trade away their young core that we've seen do so well you know they would have to include Jordan Poole in that no matter no matter what trade scenario they do they have to include Jordan Poole um, and I think that's a mistake so I, I'm not sure like I I feel like my personal opinion I think he should stay in Brooklyn but as we've seen out of KD before he doesn't necessarily stick it out when it gets rough. Uh,
1: Rock do you want to go ahead? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I agree with you. I think he's going to end up staying in Brooklyn because none of the trade packages really make sense. I mean, you had Gobert for go, multiple firsts, so imagine what KD is going to go to um, just as, you know, what his trade value is. You know, I saw a report taken by Mark Stein, and there was a rumor saying that the Jazz want seven picks for Donovan Mitchell. If that's Donovan Mitchell, what are you going to get for KD? You know, you, you, you have those, you know, armchair GMs on Twitter, and all the social media saying, oh, we'll just trade you know two players and a couple paid for KD. No, you're getting arguably the best scorer and ever, you know, in the, you know, NBA history. But um that whole Sun situation, it's kind of funny to me that DeAndre Aiden got his way and they had to pay him after all, and now it's like an awkward situation. You have to live through, you're like, Oh, we didn't really want to pay you, but you're still here. It's like kind of funny <laughs> to think about. And but the one the one team that I think,
2: I- I think Aiden. I think Aiden got to look at himself in the mirror and make sure it's a seven foot mirror so that he knows exactly how <laughs> tall he is, and remind himself yeah. that he can dunk the ball. Like yeah. I, like man, I need some enthusiasm out of Aiden. Like I think he has. Um, I there were rumors that he would come to San Antonio, and I felt like that would have been a great place for him oh, because, exactly. um, I mean, with Dejounte, obviously, if Dejounte still would have been there, um, you know, I, we need a dominant center. I, you know, I like Jakob, but. I, I think that Aiton is a little lazy and I think that's something that Pop could definitely work out of him and we would see him be a much more dominant center.
0: Yeah. No, Aiden, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think aton yeah. would easily be the face of the Spurs at that point. Oh, yeah, sure. dude. hundred percent
1: And just and he's been add- looking. What, yeah.
2: Can you imagine him and DeJounte together like the with the pieces that we had, I was so irritated with how DeJounte phrased it like that. Um, he called it a rebuild. And it, it wasn't a rebuild if he would have been there. Like you have Keldon Johnson, who's a gold medalist, you have Devin Vassell, who would have been a third-year player, um, whose development has been awesome. Um, you know, you have Jakob Purtle, which he could have been replaced. Um, like I said, we need a more dominant center, but Jakob he does get you some points i think he averaged like 13.9 last year and and almost double boards so um you know like he he is capable but you want someone that's a little more dominant but if you would have had Dejounte there that's not a rebuild that's a retool and so i hated how he phrased it now we got to blow it up and it is a rebuild so um here we go
0: yeah but i think that ultimately fell on dj too because you know he told them that hey i'm not gonna sign like big for right
2: yeah you know, no i agree yeah I yeah. agree.
0: Yeah, so it's like just... I think
2: I think yeah. we would have paid him. If we paid Kelvin $80 million, we definitely would have paid him whatever he wanted, I feel like. Yeah, but like that's he, the thing. He didn't want to stick it out. And I just, mm-hmm. I hated how he put it, like, that it's... Because I'm a diehard Spurs fan, so, you know, obviously I'm going to believe in the franchise before I believe in the player that exits. And so, you know, you probably know what my thoughts are about Kawhi. Um, but... <laughs> I think that I would have respected DeJounte more if he would have just said, I don't want to be here anymore. And so I'm not going to be. And, you know, it, it would have hurt a little bit at first. But, you know, I, I think honesty takes you a long way and just kind of keep it real. Like, no, I didn't want to be here anymore. I appreciate the time and the development that you guys gave me. And I'm moving on.
0: Yeah, because I feel to like be- I
2: feel like that's what we got out of DeRozan. You know, he played his contract out and then he was like, hey, guys, you know, I'm going to I'm going to enter free agency. I'm going to go on my way. I respected that. I have no qualms with the Rosen leaving.
0: Yeah, I, I thought he, he was just a perennial spur, you know, just that guy, like a great type of player that the Spurs organization appreciates guy who wants to be there, too. But um, mm-hmm. just just. Not all the pieces were in place for that, and I thought the organization could have handled his departure and the handling of Lamarcus's departure a little better. Just like I feel like they could have gotten more, rather than just kind yeah, of. Oh him... yeah. Yeah, but yeah. um, <laughs> that's that's probably a whole other podcast too. But um,
2: right, I was ready for LA to go. Um, I'm yeah. he just for what we were paying him, I, I yeah. felt like he was a much better in brooklyn he's an excellent role player like he looks mm-hmm. great over there you know and, and like, like that's the right spot for him but um not for what we were paying him <laughs> and not for what we yeah. were expecting out of him you know
0: yeah his production was declining but character wise he was he was a good he was a
2: absolutely good no no no, no. great guy yeah. great guy
0: yeah absolutely well megan i think we're about out of time here but you know thank you for being part of the sweep the league podcast uh, is there any clue like let the folks know let the folks know where they could find you again
2: Okay, awesome. Um like I said before you guys can just search Queen of Hoop. Um you can find me on Twitter. I'm super active on Facebook. Most of my shows are on Facebook um or Megan Price. Um, you can either add me or um Almost all my sports posts are public, so you can comment on there without adding me. Um, You can find me on 806 Sports on Wednesday mornings, Um, Mondays and Wednesdays. You can find me on Sports Arena. On Tuesdays, you can find me on Three Chicks in a Pot. And on Thursdays, you can find me on The Sip Off. Don't forget your drinks for that one.
0: (sighs) Definitely not. Definitely not. Rock, why don't you say adios, my brother?
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, if you ever want to link up with me, talk some sports, talk some culture, anything, you can find me at Rock Jr. on Twitter. But uh, I think I'm gonna be making a little uh, special appearance on the Megan Show sip off. You know, I might bring some, bring some, bring some cocktails <laughs> to the
2: party. So absolutely,
1: I'll, I'll be hitting that up, Mark. And, you know, I'll send pictures.
0: Oh heck yeah, heck yeah, you got it. You heard, you heard the Rock. You heard Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark The MC M A R K T H three threes no e's capital m capital c check us all out thank you all for tuning in for sweep the leak podcast we do this every week We're available all over the place just continue to be cool y'all and thank you